Hey, Scooby Squad. Welcome to Puppy Dog Tales, where we share amazing true stories about man's best friend. I'm Hannah. And I'm Monica. And today's story is the continuation of Bill Irwin and his guide dog, Orient's journey to complete the Appalachian Trail. ready for part two here we go uh we have not yet decided if it's gonna need to be three parts we'll just kind of see how long it is but yeah (laughs) don't be surprised if it's three parts uh yeah yeah um so we're just gonna go ahead and jump right in um so i think where we left off they were in was it virginia yes they had just seen a bear in Virginia, yes. or they think, because oh, it was a bear. Orient saw it. Yeah, it was a bear. Yeah, sure. yeah. Um, but yeah, so they're in Virginia trying to hike the Appalachian Trail. So the most difficult things on the trail for Bill were distance and directions. So uh-huh. if that you makes sense. if you haven't listened to the last episode, a just go listen you to that. It's great. To it first. Um, yeah. but B, so he's. He's blind. This is the first blind man to through hike the Appalachian Trail. So some of the most difficult things were estimating distance and then yeah. knowing directions. Um, most sense, hikers, yeah. yeah, most hikers can use, um, there's white blazes on the painted, it's just like a little painted mark on a tree every yeah. couple yards, um, and that can help them stay on track. But Bill can, can't see and orient the dog he doesn't know to look for them he doesn't know what that is exactly yeah so eventually orient started to stop whenever they approached a wooden sign so typically on the at appalachian trail um typically there's like wooden signs at like intersections or if it if the trail like makes like a really severe turn or something um there'll be a sign there and Mm -hmm. Bill would kind of run his fingers along the grooves because oh, it's just carved. Really, yeah. The writing is carved into the sign so he can feel the grooves to get information from it. Wow. That's yeah. impressive. I know. That's crazy. Yeah. And then, and so Orient, like, I don't think he necessarily trained Orient to do this. He just kind of started stopping whenever he saw one of the signs so that Bill could get the information he needed. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Most hikers could also use maps and other landmarks to determine their distance, but again, that was a lot harder for Bill because mm-hmm. he can't, yeah. you know, read the maps. And most hikers, and I, I am not a through hiker. I don't think I will ever be a through hiker. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, there's. I've even experienced this. There's so many times we are hiking. You know, I think it, this happened to me and Thomas at Hawksville. We were hiking Hawksville mm-hmm. in Shenandoah, and we somebody passed by, and they were like, oh, you're like three-eighths of a mile there. Like, you're so close. Uh-huh. Like, 10 minutes tops, and like 30 minutes yeah. later, you're still hiking, and you're like, yeah, you don't, <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, so a lot of hikers do what? That's happened to everyone that's hiked with anyone. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. So I think most hikers tend to underestimate distance. Um, mm-hmm. So some things that he did to kind of help him out. Um, he 
Because, again, he had some light perception. Yeah. It just was very minimal. Um, so he used the sun to help orient him north. And so okay. whenever it was, like, a sunny day, he was he was fine. He did have some trouble, like, if it was rainy or cloudy, he had some trouble, and he would get disoriented. But if it mm-hmm. was sunny, he was good. Um, and then at night, he would tie a bandana around, like, the peg of his tent to help him remember which way was north, like, which oh, way he okay. needed to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Which I thought was really smart. Yeah. That's awesome. Um. He did run into a few issues. So, you know, like, when you're on the AT, you are camping out a good amount. <laughs> like, yeah. most nights you're probably camping. But there are some, like, restaurants and hotels, some small towns along the way mm-hmm. that you can stop at. And so there was one um, restaurant that he went to. Um, he and some fellow hikers stopped at, there was, like, a trailside bar um, to get some food. And... The owner tells Bill he can't be there with the dog. Oh. And Bill tells this. I know you're about to get so mad. Uh-huh. I can just see it. Yeah. Um, the owner even tells Bill, or, like, Bill even tells the owner, no, like, he's a seeing-eye dog. I'm blind. I need this dog. She still tells him that he can't be there. What? Still tries to no. kick him out. Mm-hmm. <coughs> what state are they in? Uh, I don't know. It wasn't written in the book, which I think was intentional. It took a very long time for North Carolina to get laws that would really have guide dogs and guide dogs in training everywhere. Oh, you said which state is he in? Yeah. I thought you said what's the name of the end. This is in Virginia. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think Virginia took longer than North Carolina. That's nuts to me. Mm -hmm. Like, anyway, that makes me... I had full rights by the time I was training Cassie, my first Uh guide dog. Yeah. But uh, there were a lot of stories from people that um, that had been training guide dogs longer than me that had, they had had trouble going in places. And I even ran Ugh. into an, uh, into trouble my first time taking my brand new guide dog puppy into Walmart. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and like I, to- I totally get checking. Like, you yeah. want it to be a service dog. Absolutely. Like, Please some, check. Yeah. But right. But we had her ID. We had her like her doggy, I'm a service dog in training ID and they were like, Nah. You mm-hmm. can't definitely can't take they're like, yeah. Don't take her to the food and we were like, Okay, but how's a blind person supposed to get their food? Right. Yeah. Like they need to shop for themselves sometimes. Right. Yeah. Like <laughs> So you're about to get even more upset. Oh god. I know. So she told Bill that Orient smelled bad and would drive customers away. Which, to be fair, they have been hiking now for a couple months. So, yeah, they smells bad. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill claimed he was the cause of the odor. Um, and then she told customers to take up tables so that Bill would not have a place to sit. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's just evil. It's not his fault he's blind. No. Yeah. I agree. I feel like that's just... Mm. So then she decides to call the police to try to get the police to kick him out. Oh, my God. Yeah. So the sheriff shows up. Bill had a book of, like, I guess state laws concerning guide dogs. And he turned to the page that had the Virginia law 
about, you know, guide dogs and had the sheriff read it out loud. Um, so the owner, to her credit, did apologize. Um, okay, that's good. And Bill is a much more gracious person than I am. Um, he forgave her. Um, and he even gave her a hug and told her there's no hard feelings. Oh, wow. I would have had hard feelings. Uh, so yeah. he's a much better person than I am. Um, mm -hmm. So I think he had had experiences similar to that previously, but I think that this was the only one that happened on the trail. I sure hope so, because that's just, that makes me upset. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So... I think I talked about this a little bit in the last episode, in part one, but there was a huge sense of family on the trail. And one thing I thought was really cool was that each shelter along the trail had a register. So it's a notebook, like a little, just like a little spiral bound thing where mm -hmm. hikers could write about their experience, they could draw. Um, and so it's it was cool because as you through hike, you know, a lot of people... Like, you'll see the same names over and over again, so you can kind of follow them on their journey. Um, so, this was, Bill loved the registers. They kind of made him lonely, feel a little lonely sometimes, because if no one was hiking with him, he couldn't read them. Um, but he always asked hikers that were with him to read them to him. So, there's a new register each month, and on November 1st is when they're replaced, so hikers oh, okay. can write a message, like, bidding for the register to be sent to them after November 1st. Oh. So he put in a few bids for, like, like promising gift cards to get the um, register sent to him. And he got a couple after his trip. Oh, so wow. Not really. I just thought it was cute. I think that's just a really cool thing. Yeah. Um, but... Da-da-da-da-da. Sorry, I feel like the transitions for this one are a little rough, so it's okay. we'll just cut those. Mm -hmm. um, so, obviously, the Appalachian Trail is extremely dangerous for anybody. Like, yeah. again, I will not be a thru-hiker. That's not for me. I can't do it. Uh, I will go on my, like, day trips and maybe some weekend trips, but not, <laughs> not, a, not a few months. Yeah, I'll take a long hike, but yeah. like, a long hike is, like, eight miles. Yeah. I'm That's probably, fine. Probably not, not gonna, not gonna through hike. Not, not two thousand miles. Two thousand. No, no, no. Um, for six months. Yeah. yeah. No. So, um, there were some dangerous moments on the trail. So one of these, just outside of Irwin, Tennessee, apparently mm -hmm. the trail gets very, very narrow and slippery, especially since it'd been raining the past couple days. Um, oh yeah. He said that the trail was only about six inches wide, like going across and oh goodness when you are hiking with a guide dog guide dogs have to be right next to you yeah you right you really walk do. side by side mm -hmm. um and so it was extremely difficult for bill and orient because if orient was standing on the outside he would be slipping like his paws would you know kind of slip off the side every few steps mm -hmm. um yeah. But then if that, you know, if Bill was on the outside, then his foot would be slipping because he couldn't even see where it ended, you know, yeah. like where it oh my goodness. went off. Um, so they had to be extremely careful. He said that each 
individual step, there were so many things going through his brain of like, mm-hmm. is it an incline? Is it rocky? Like, what's the texture like? And then he only had like a little bit of time to adjust if he needed to. Like it was every step could be really difficult. Oh, um, man. So at one point, the trail got even more narrow and it practically like disappeared. So Orient, seeing this, stopped but Bill had too much momentum and slid right off the mountain. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. Ah. Again, terrifying for anybody, but especially when, like, you, you can't see. Yeah. So he flailed oh his God. hands, and he, thank goodness, was able to grasp on to just, like, a little sapling that was kind of hanging out off the edge. Um, and one of the other thru-hikers, luckily at that point, point he was hiking with other people because there were times Mm -hmm. when it was just him and orient yeah so this time there were some other he had some other companions helping him out and one of them was able to pull him back up by his pack and get him back on land um yeah but that's that's scary Uh uh-huh yeah oh man um another dangerous moment this luckily was not concerning orient or bill um, but just to kind of emphasize how dangerous the trail can be, even for sighted people. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was in Damascus, Virginia. Another hiker named Anna had joined them just for a couple of days. Okay. Um, and as they were hiking, she slipped on just some wet straw and her feet just jutted out from under her. Oh, no. She landed really funny and I think she broke a bone in her leg. Yeah, so one of the group, one of the um, members of their little group, ran to a nearby. There, luckily, they could hear cars. They were really close to a road, so oh, he ran good. down. Yeah, 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 um, to try to get help, and the rest of the group was able to make a splint for her. Oh wow! Wow, that's yeah. impressive. Yeah, and I think that um, I think that Bill and the person that ran to get help. I think they even like you know went with her to the hospital and stayed with her until her parents could get there so Mm -hmm. um which again just emphasizes like the family the camaraderie of it all yeah um so overall he said that hiking the trail taught him how little he can control he couldn't like you know reach up to the thermostat and change the temperature he couldn't change the terrain he had to rely on help from others often Mm -hmm. um more than once he would stop in a town for the night and ask like a local church if he could just sleep in a pew um and that was not like before he became blind Mm -hmm. that was not something that he would do he didn't like to ask for help from others even when he became blind like that was what he didn't want to give up was independence and being able to do for himself yeah um so it was a very humbling experience for him. Mm-hmm. He said that the biggest danger was mental. Um, he was often really lonely. Aww. He was worried about lots of different things, worried about the press, making it to the end, worried about Orient. Yeah. Um, when he just needed to stay focused on the present and just putting, you know, one foot after the other. Um, yeah. He did say that... He had an advantage over some other hikers, which was, interestingly, that he didn't enjoy hiking. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. He didn't do this hike because 
he thought it'd be fun. Yeah. Um, which is why a lot of hikers do it, because they love hiking, and they think it'll be fun. Um, but that, like, the excitement and the fun of it all doesn't last 2,000 miles. <laughs> like, yeah. if that's all you're going off of, you ain't going to make it. So it eventually stops being fun and start starts kind of turning into work and being a job. Um, but for Bill, he always saw it as a job. Um, mm. It was for Bill. It was a mission that he felt God was calling him to complete. So on a mission from God. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Name that movie. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So on July first, he reached Pine Grove Furnace, Pennsylvania. After four months on the trail, and this was the halfway mark. He was, he had made it 1,069 miles at this point. Wow. Yeah. Wait, how long had it been? He, four months. Okay. Yeah. People usually have to do it in six. So. Yeah. 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 So, that's, in, that's incredible. Yeah. He's blind. Right. Absolutely. Not yeah. that far behind, like a very, like a, like the young typical guys that do it yeah that's That's i mean that's that's a huge accomplishment for anybody just hiking half of the trail like yeah respect um so he participated in (laughs) i just think this is cute a tradition called hold on okay he participated in a tradition called the half gallon club okay so apparently it's a tradition for through hikers who, like, once they reach this halfway mark, they'll buy half a gallon of Heavenly Hash ice cream. Nice. And I don't know if it has to be Heavenly Hash, but, like, apparently it has to be a gallon of ice cream. He Bill wow. said he ate the whole thing in, like, 20 minutes. Oh, my God. I know. But, think, I mean, like, think about it, though. Like, he's... he's been hiking a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. He had to, you know, kind of replenish calories. His intake had... His calorie intake had to be up, so... Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's sense. probably been about four months since he's had ice cream. Um, nope. What? No. I wouldn't do that. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were like, no, it hasn't cream. been four months. And I was like, but he started. Well, I'm not disagreeing with the facts. I'm disagreeing with his not having ice cream for four months. <laughs> I had Fruity Pebbles ice cream after lunch today. <laughs> Where did you get Fruity Pebbles ice cream? Sorry, tangent, y'all. At uh, M&R. Where is that? It's taking you there. Oh, that place. Okay. They they change out their flavors a lot. I didn't know that. I didn't either. <gasps> they change them out. They have so many flavors. Go to M&R Ice Cream I, in Greensboro, guys. I know You'll what my husband there. and I are it's doing later. Pebbles ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> it has Fruity Pebbles cookies in it, too. Yep. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <okay>. And <laughs> back to the trail. Yeah. <laughs> um, Okay. Ice cream. He Ice ate a bunch cream. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So leaving um, Pine Grove Furnace, he came to a part that was a, it was about to be like one of the hardest parts of the trail. That's exciting. So apparently the rocks in Pennsylvania are like the sharpest rocks on the trail. Mm, yeah, that makes um, sense. And they were especially hard on Orient. Um, so pause. I know. So, Orient, he had these little leather booties. Stop it. I know. I love I a dog love, in booties. Yep. It's so freaking cute. Um, <laughs> dog booties. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I 
You know what I mean. <laughs> Goodness, Hannah. All right. Well, so it was the leather boots. See, that's just not as cute. Yeah, I know. The leather booties were way too hot for the July weather. Oh no. But then at the but he needed the protection for his feet. Yeah. Um so he was they were stopping a ton. He, again, he Bill was very adamant that he would not ask more of Orient than what he could handle. Um yeah. so if Orient needed to stop, they stopped. Um and every now and then he would encounter people asking about orient um a couple of people asked how many dogs he'd been through on the trail oh, um weird. think weird like questions. I, the way it's worded i don't like mm -hmm. but they were thinking that like you know he'd hike with one guide dog for a couple miles and then switch out or something oh um, yeah okay um one hiker even called in a complaint to the seeing eye um accusing bill of abusing orient whoa which he was not no i want to make that very very clear he was not no um so when he got to the next stop in duncannon pennsylvania um he, bill had a vet examine orient okay um and this vet said that he was in perfect health Good. exceptional condition except for the pads of his feet okay um so which I think Bill knew that already, just yeah. given the sharp rocks and the heat. So the vet recommended five days of rest so that they, his feet could heal. Okay. And that's what they did. Um, okay. So he was listening to the vet's advice. Um, he was not about to complete the hike without Orient, but he was also not going to push Orient any further. Mm -hmm. Um orient safety and his health was very important to bill that's good so they for five days they went off the trail stayed with the boyer family um and bill said it, both of them needed a break like it was good that's for orient good. to get the break and allow his paws to heal but bill said it was good for him too um the kids in the family got to play with orient Aww. so orient just kind of got to be a pet for a little bit yeah. um they had a pool orient got to play in their pool a little bit nice um, and then after those five days, Orient's feet had healed and they set back off and he said Orient was like prancing to get back on the hike. Aww. He was so excited to get back on the trail. <laughs> Sadie was prancing this morning. <laughs> there was a yeah. little girl like in her, like outside and like they're crying with her mom and instead of like, she did a really good job. She didn't pull towards them. She just started prancing along. And then we saw like a beagle and her feet got even higher up. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. It's so cute. All right. Dogs. Yeah. So, but they were getting back on to those Pennsylvania rocks. Um, and he described them the, as being made of shale shaped like arrowheads and they would just stick straight up ah. out of the ground. Like mm. the worst for when you're hiking. Yeah. And a lot of times when Bill stepped on one, a lot, they would rock back and forth a lot. Um, oh, so they're not stable. So they're not either. stable, which Ugh. is also really scary. Yeah. Just in general, but especially if you're blind, that's got to be even more scary. Every oh god, every step. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. So here, at one point, Bill's feet slipped on a portion of rock. I'm not. I'm not sure if it slipped or maybe the rock slipped because it was moving. Mm -hmm. But he landed. He fell onto his chest, and you got to remember too. He's got mm. the weight of his pack. 
on his back. Oh, no. So he oh, landed, wow. like, right on a rock. Like, a chest just, like, drove... A rock just, like, drove right into his chest. Oh, my God. Yeah. Ugh. He broke a rib. Oh. He broke a rib from that fall. Oh, my God. Um, I, yeah. But he didn't let it stop him. Wow. I'd have been like, nope, I'm out. <laughs> Yep. Uh, but he met up with um, Anna, that girl that had broken her leg earlier. Yeah. Um, she took his pack for him and shuttled it ahead to the next stop okay. so that he could keep hiking without his pack to help the rib heal. Oh. Um, and Orient was fine. Orient wasn't injured in that. Good. Okay. Yeah. Dang. I know. <sighs> okay. I can't imagine hiking mm. with a broken rib. Like, whew. No. Um, once he got to New Jersey, he met up with the Seeing Eye um, in Morristown, and a committee called him in to question him about Orient's treatment because they'd been getting awful rumors again about saying that Bill was abusing Orient. So they just wanted to see which, you know, I will say, like, I think it's a good thing that they did. You know, mm -hmm. like, if you hear rumors that, you know, a dog that you were once responsible for is being abused, like, you need to look into that. Yeah. So, they did their due diligence. Um, they wanted to see that Orient was in good health. And once he saw that, you know, once they saw that Orient was, they mm -hmm. supported Bill fully and supported his journey. So Yeah. I mean, was, it is, most guide dogs require about $60,000 of yeah like money to be fully trained so yeah. like it is like it's definitely understandable from their like from their perspective like that's a lot of money that they put into into that dog on their on a non-profit's end to, absolutely yeah. and i i think it's a good like i would want them to look into that because oh, yeah. if it turns out that he had been being abused like mm -hmm. and they hadn't looked into it that'd been horrible yeah. so I think Absolutely. it's good they looked into it, but then I also think it's good that they were able to, you know, see for themselves that Orient was just fine yeah. and that there was no basis for those rumors. Yeah. So this is just another funny story. Um, in Connecticut, he met up with some people from the Appalachian Mountain Club and he spent the night in some cabins with them. And he actually described... Because he was inside in a cabin, okay. and he actually described it as, like, he didn't like sleeping inside. Oh, wow. <laughs> like he, it was weird for him at that what? point. So he just, I think he slept on the porch of the cabin. That's funny. Um, yeah. Uh, in the middle of the night, Bill wakes up to blood-curdling screams. Oh, no. He jolts up, and the second thing he realizes, you know, first thing was the screams second thing he realizes is that orient was not next to him oh no which was where orient slept orient always slept yeah. right next to him um so he's like freaking out uh -huh. um he runs over to where, where the screams were coming from and there was a man named rick screaming at a bear to get away oh well it turns out the bear was orient standing oh, no. <laughs> standing outside the tent <laughs> So there was a full moon that night, and it was shining behind him, uh -huh. and it just made his shadow appear Much twice as big as it really was. Yeah. Oh, no. And they said they never let Rick live that one down. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Um, you probably got a nickname from that. I, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> so, in Vermont, things had been going really smoothly. When, Vermont's um, so pretty. Huh? Vermont is so pretty. Oh, yeah. I've been there a well, few Well, and times. especially, like, at this point, I'm not sure what month it is at this point, but it's, like, getting into late summer. Yeah. No, you know, Vermont like, August, September. Yeah. Vermont in July is, like, great. Yeah. I'm, man. He said the weather was, like, gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point, as they're hiking, they got to an intersection. Because um, the, the trail will intersect with other trails or roads sometimes. So, um, But at this or- intersection, Bill could tell, just from the harness, he could tell that Orient wasn't pulling his head down to sniff the ground. And he wasn't mm-hmm. looking towards Bill for directions. Instead, he had picked his head up and was looking at the trees. So he would stop, he looked around, and then he started leading Bill off again. And I think it's important to note, guide dogs are not carrier pigeons. (laughs) They're not homing pigeons. They don't... Like, you can't just say, go to the bank, and the dog will take you there. Like, you, the person have to know how to get to the bank yes you tell them where to go their job is just to make sure you get there safely Mm -hmm. um so yeah i think that's important to note because sometimes people think that guide dogs just like know where everything is know where everything is and it is true that like i mean if you're close to your house and you say go home some dogs know what that means like they can smell their way back to their house but overall that's not how it works so and they can pick up on like your patterns yeah like if you've walked them to the grocery store a couple times then they're gonna eventually learn right that pattern but it's not like ingrained yeah yeah so this the way that orient was doing this was kind of odd Mm -hmm. like it's not how it would typically go so he wasn't sniffing you know to see if he could smell other hikers he wasn't looking to bill to give him directions he was looking around at the trees and then knowing which direction to go so bill figured out orient had taught himself how to use the blazes for direction no way and there were multiple times where he did this and sometimes they even tested it out yeah like where they would stop at an intersection orient would look up and look around and then just start going um so, wow. yeah, I thought that was incredible. He taught himself what the blazes meant. That's incredible. I know. Wow. Yeah. You go, buddy. So, around September, Bill mm-hmm. and Orient make it to Mount Musalaki. That's a and cool name. I know, right? Yeah. I did look up the pronunciation of that, so should be correct. That's awesome. If Google has my back, we'll see. Um. So he gets to Mount Musalaki in the White Mountains. And Bill had been warned hundreds of times about, well, and there were so many times where he had been warned about, like, the worst part of the trail is straight ahead, or, oh, yeah, this part right here is going to be too dangerous to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would always turn out just fine. Um, so Mount Musalaki and the White Mountains were definitely one of those. Okay. Um, he had been warned dozens of times about like well you're fine now but you're not going to make it through the whites um oh man yeah 
So he was a little nervous about this part. Um, he luckily was able to hike this part with two other northbound hikers. That's good. Um, so Mount Musilaki, I think, is the first peak in the White Mountains, I think. Okay. I didn't look that part up, so don't, like, quote me, but, you know. Uh, so they climbed about, within the first four miles, they had climbed up about 4,000 feet. So, like, this wow. boy is steep. Um, the other two hikers took off, and they told Bill, we'll just wait for you at the top. Um, he said that Mount Musilaki was, you know, it's rocky and it was steep, but it wasn't unusually difficult. Like, it wasn't harder than anything else he'd done on the trail. So okay. he was feeling really good. He's like, oh, I got this. Um, I can, like, this is not going to be as big of a deal as people think. Like, this is fine. Well... He, the problem came on the way down. Um, on the north side of the mountain, the trail went just basically straight down. Oh, man. Like, huge Yay. incline. Yeah. So, Bill let Orient go. Um, apparently, he would do a thing. He would drop the leash and say, fetch. And Orient was supposed to pick up his leash okay. and then go behind Bill. Um but yeah, so he, Bill would do this so that he could use his hands, both of his hands, so he could get down. Oh, okay. Um, Smart. Orient was not a fan of this. He didn't like it. It always Aww. bothered him. Because, um, again, and his, like, his job is to make sure that Bill is safe. Yeah. And so he, get, he would get worried that Bill wouldn't be safe without him. Um, so at one point, so at this point it's raining, and... Orient slipped down some stairs. There were some, like, wooden stairs put in, and he slipped. So he decided that that wasn't safe. He wasn't going to take the stairs. He thought the rocks would be safer. Okay. So Bill had to urge Orient and make him stay on the stairs. Because oh. for a blind person, like, that is easier oh, than yeah, the slippery totally. rocks. Um, but other than that, he was feeling good about Musilaki, feeling like they could do it. Orient was doing well. And then they came to South Kinsman Mountain. Okay. Um, as they're hiking, they come across a sheer rock face. Oh. Basically just like a cliff. There's another, no other way around. Like, oh, there's no way forward. There's no way it's just <laughs> that. Or, or bust. Uh, oh my god. Yeah. So the only way up was to climb up this, like, it's basically a rock scramble. Um, Whoa. Yeah. So Bill gave Orient a push to get to the top of the scramble, okay. and Bill had to try to climb up on his own. Um, so he's climbing up this scramble, basically rock climbing. Um, yeah. Yeah. And he, at one point, started to run out of energy. His body started to shake. Oh, no. Yeah. And he... He started, like, this was, he said this was one of the first times he was like, I'm, like, not going to make it. Like, Aww. he was like, I'm going to fall, and I'm not going to make it. So, at that point, Orient started barking to him, and Aww. he used, like, the last bit of energy he had to lift himself up over the top. Wow. Um, yeah. So, at the top of the White Mountains, there's, like, nothing. Like, it's rocks. 
and open air. There's not like wow. trees to buffer the wind. Mm -hmm. Like it's just rocks. Um, so, and at this point it's raining too. So there were like 40 oh, no. mile an hour wind. This like oh my God. icy cold water just like blasting at him like on the ground. Like it's just awful. Um, so he said it was very easy to lose sight of the trail because very again there's mm -hmm. not trees with the blazes on it i think yeah. there were some on rocks yeah. but that's harder to see when you can see the blazes um yes, it is. so yeah so if other hikers hadn't been there to help him out he would have gotten lost but luckily he was with others that could help him mm -hmm. um that day he only covered two miles oh man which is a really bad day as a through hiker yeah um <laughs> yeah dang um that night he said that orient was so cold and so tired mm -hmm. um he tried to, he sniffed out the best sleeping bag and before the hiker could even get into their own bag orient was already in there <laughs> he got in a sleeping bag he got in someone else's sleeping bag he was just oh. like nope this is mine now <laughs> that's adorable i know parents are saving the sleeping bag I know, it's so cute. <laughs> um, so, Bill knew that the whites were going to be difficult. Um, but there... So, once he was done with the whites, he felt like, the hardest is behind me. Like, I'm alright, I can okay. do this. Well, the trip between Mount Washington and Madison Springs, it was about six miles, so it's really not that far. Yeah. And no one had warned him, warned him about this. Okay. He said that this was actually the hardest part for him. Oh, no. So this six miles is pretty much just a boulder field. Oh, gosh. Which, for a normal, you know, for a sighted hiker, that's just kind of, like, annoying you have to go over boulders. But, like, honestly, like, yeah. I've gone on boulder fields before, and I think they're super fun mm. as a sighted person. As a blind man, it was daunting. Yeah. He was. I can't even imagine. Yeah. He was constantly, and he said that they weren't huge boulders. Like, it's not, like, the boulders, I think, um, would come up to, like, about his shins. Okay. So, it wasn't like he's climbing over them so much, but he was constantly, like, running into boulders. Yeah, that's like that place in Dune. Where... Yeah. Yeah. Are you thinking, like, Hebron? Yeah. Rock Con? Rock yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, the name though yeah 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 so but yeah he's constantly twisting his ankles not to a point where it was like you know needed medical care but like you know like where you step in which like you just can't land flat on your feet and it, he was constantly knocking into boulders it was just oh awful. no Ow. he just he said that that was like one of the hardest parts of the trail for him probably had really bruised up shins up oh behind. i'm sure that they were Ugh. like purple and blue and yeah i only laugh because even as a sighted person if i go to a rock <laughs> colony i end up with like super bruised shins that's true <laughs> <laughs> um i'm also just noting as a side statement real quick that sadie's laying on her back with like all her paws up in the air that's and it's just super way to lay recently i mean i yeah. get it it's great you'll see i'm loving next it week with her <laughs> All right, well, we're coming up towards the end of the trail. Yeah. And the last big peak on the trail is a mountain called Mount Katahdin in Maine. Okay. Um, 
So this is part of Baxter State Park. And it was about, at this point, it's like late October. Um, wow. And so Mount Katahdin is a, like the state park where it's in is about to close for the season. Oh, no. The um, director of Baxter State Park was Buzz Caverly. And he was willing to keep it open a little later just for Bill. Wow. Um, That's crazy. Mm-hmm. But he also wanted to make sure, you know, safety was his biggest priority. So he he didn't want to leave it open too long and then have somebody get injured at his park. Um, yeah. So at one point, his family and his friends are wanting Bill to quit due to safety concerns. The weather was getting bad. Yeah. The cold was setting in. I mean, like, at this point... Late October and Maine. It's yeah. It's, I think they're starting to get snow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, Buzz Caverly, again, the director, called Bill and told him, hey, if you don't do Katahdin now, you will not be able to complete the hike later. Um, oh, he was man. like, I can't keep this... He's like, once there's snow on the peaks, I gotta close it. Like, once yeah. there's ice up there, it, we're done. Um, so, they decided to do a flip-flop. So, what they decided on doing was Bill would drive to Katahdin and hike that. Whoa. And then go back where he left off and hike, you know, the rest of the portion of the trail. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, Bill agreed. Um, given that there would be no publicity, he wanted to be able to enjoy that part of the hike alone or not like alone, but just without like reporters. Yeah. Um, he wanted to have a moment at the peak where it was just him Mm -hmm. and he, you know, so on October 24th, they, Bill and two others set out to Katahdin. Um, so the others he was with, there was Phil and Lynn. And Lynn's job, he was um, photographing the experience. Oh, that's cool. Just making sure, yeah. Um, it had started raining that morning, and no. the trail was basically a stream. Oh, God. Yeah. So, Orient was scrambling up the rocks. Bill, luckily there are some metal handholds along the way that are, like, built mm-hmm. into the rock. So, Bill was using those to get him up. It took about eight hours to get to the summit. And, you know, this whole time, like, Katahdin is kind of the end goal. Like, when you start hiking, that's your end goal is Katahdin. And so he had imagined, like, the sense of accomplishment he would feel at the top. Yeah. Like, the sense of pride. He'd imagine, like, taking a quiet moment to reflect. Mm -hmm. Um, But when he got to the top, it was so cold. So he, yeah, he took a picture with a sign, and he was able to take time for a quick prayer. And then he said in one breath, amen, it's cold, let's get off this thing. Yeah. So he was feeling a little disappointment because he didn't have that same sense of excitement or accomplishment, like what he'd imagined. Yeah. So it was really kind of like a letdown for him. Gotcha. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and I understand why. Like, it's – because it's not – but he also was like, you know what? But this still wasn't the end of my trip. Yeah. Like, so maybe that was part of why Mm -hmm. he didn't feel the excitement. So 
going back down again, so at this point, Lynn, who was there taking pictures, wasn't quite dressed for the weather, and oh, he no. had started losing feeling in his hands. Ah. So the three of them decided to take the Abel Trail, um, which was a little less distance than some of the other ways to get back down. It was 3.8 miles. Okay. But it ended up being a big mistake. Oh, um, no. Lynn and Phil, he kind of, they were doing okay, um, but it was a huge incline. It was like 70% oh. grade incline. Yeah. Um, and he said he and Orient were just like, crawling down oh no um so i think he was able to let phil and lynn go ahead of him to get down but mm -hmm. buzz had to hike up to them and kind of walk phil and orient through how to get down wow so it wasn't until 9 30 p.m that they got ah. down off the mountain oh my gosh yeah so it was just a huge yeah huge that obstacle sucks. i know so, the rest of the 200 miles between where he left off and Katahdin would involve fording at least a dozen rivers. Oh, man. In, the, in late fall in May. Yeah. In um, October or November now, probably. November, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So, there was no, like, stopping and taking days off. There was no breaks. Because if the weather turned, it wasn't going to be for the better. No. Um, nope. So, one river, I did not look up this one, so if this is not the pronunciation, my bad. Um, I'm going to say Piscatakis. That's cool. That's, yeah. Cool word. Anyway, this one river, the waters were extra high at this point because there had been some snowfall already and lots of rainfall. And there were kind of like three parts of the river, like three branches of it that they'd have to cross, and each were about 30 feet wide. So, Phil took Orient's harness off so that, because Orient was a super strong swimmer, Phil knew Orient would get across just fine. Um, so, mm -hmm. he let Orient get across. Orient made his way across. He made it safely. He was great. And he started barking so that Bill could hear to head that way. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, halfway across, Bill and a fellow hiker, Dave, both lost their footing, like, right at the same time. Um, oh, no. Yeah. So, both of them, like, they just found a slippery rock and just their feet just went out from under them. Um, he was able to get his feet back an inch towards Orient. Dave got across and was calling out instructions to Bill. Okay. So, he was almost there. The bank to get, like, back up to land was pretty steep. Gotcha. So he was reaching out, trying to grab Dave's hand, mm -hmm. and he slipped. Right as he, like, was about no. to reach Dave's hand, he slips again nope. and hits a branch. So oh. luckily that branch is there, though, because he can, like, grab onto oh. it okay. and Very cling good. to it. Um, Orient was frantic. Bill oh. said he was, like, shaking with fear, like, oh. not from the cold because he was scared comes over he tries pulling bill out but he wasn't able to um but dave was able to step in and grab him and bring okay, him back good. up onto the shore um wow. and as as soon as they were able to 
they started a fire to help avoid hypothermia. That's good. Yeah, because at this point, it was cold enough that he said he could already feel ice forming, like, even when he stepped out of the water. This is reminding me of a, what was it, a little flashback? (laughs) This time where Sadie, when Sadie was, like, three months old, we went to a mountain nearby. Oh, yeah. And um, Brian and I briefly got in the water up to our ankles, and it was, it was like, March, so it was really cold water over in the mountains. Yeah. And Brian was up to, uh, was in up to his knee, and little three-month-old Sadie got so mad at him, Aww. she marched into the water, and she barked at him, and then she <laughs> stood really still until he followed her out. I remember you told me that. That was cute. Yeah. yeah. The video of it. This is, yeah. Yeah. That's what it's giving. <laughs> Yeah, Sadie trying to save her uncle Brian from melting. Oh, baby. But Orient's job is is much. He's actually like. Right. Yeah. Brian wasn't in. Brian any wasn't in any danger. danger. Orient's yeah. actually freaking out for a real reason. But the instinct was there, and that's yes, good. That's, yeah. Yeah. So November twenty first um, was the final day of the hike, um, and it was finally a nice day, like. They had had so much bad weather in the days mm-hmm. leading up to this. It was just, like, magical that this was finally a nice day. Oh, there that's were awesome. Clear yeah. blue skies. Bill referred to them as Carolina skies. Mm. Um, yeah. If you temperature. Live in North Carolina, you got to come check out our blue skies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the temperature was pretty nice for, you know, for November 21st. So it was, like, mid-30s, <laughs> which I know. But, like, yeah. for November 31st, 21st in Maine. Not bad. Um, A crew of family, friends, and news reporters came to hike the last seven miles with him. And he said that in the book, I'm not sure if this is a hyperbole or not, but he said it must have been close to 100 people. Wow. I know. So he had tons of support, tons of people setting out with him to finish this hike. Um, There were people that he had, you know, that had met up with him and hiked other portions with him people from back home tons of people wow. um and it was overall a fairly easy hike the hard part was over about half a mile before the end of his hike the rest of the crowd went ahead of bill and orient mm-hmm. so that a so that they could watch him cross the, the quote finish line, finish line yeah. and b so that Bill and Orient could just have some time just them to finish Aww. it out together. I know, which I think is so That's sweet. sweet. Um, as they neared the end, the group that had gathered to support them started to sing Amazing Grace as Aww. Bill crossed the finish line. Um, he reached out and touched the sign that marked the end of their hike. He sank to his knees, thank God for bringing them on, you know, and being with them on their journey. <laughs> and then... He looked up and said, well, where do we go from here? <laughs> and it's funny because, like, everybody thought that was, like, a deep philosophical question. And he literally was just like, no, like, I know there's a celebration. Where is that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Buzz had set up a celebration at the Big Moose Inn, which is in Baxter State Park, um, for oh. them to celebrate Aww. Bill's accomplishment. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. So, and he became, on that day, he became the first blind man to thru-hike the Appalachian Trail. And since then, other people have followed in. Other blind people have followed in his footsteps and done the same. Um, After the hike, Bill became a counselor and a speaker 
he would take Orient and go speak at churches. Um, there was one time, I just think this is a really cute story. Um, he was invited to speak at a church and he brought Orient and he like did a demonstration of guide dogs and kind of like how mm-hmm. guide dogs guide their person. Yeah. Um, and he related that to God and saying like, you know, the way Orient guides me is like the way that, um, God guides us. Um, mm-hmm. and he also, you know, would talk about the blazes that way as well. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. He loved answering questions from kids. There was there was one kid who wrote him a note and congratulating him on walking the 20,000 miles. Oh, he was like that feels closer to what it was like. 20,000. So, they never through hiked again. Uh yeah, I think once is plenty. Oh yeah. Uh, that's but a lot. they they would go back to the trail for like weekend hikes or day hikes and Orient loved it like he just loved whenever he got to be back on the trail and sometimes he would have to slow orient down to be like we're not we're not doing the whole thing like we're just doing this little bit um so this story when they when they completed their hike was in 1990 so orient has since passed um I looked everywhere. I couldn't find any details on that, like Mm. how or when he passed. I I don't know. Um, The book was written when Orient was, you know, when Orient was still alive. Yeah. So that didn't have any information for me. Um, But, yeah, he has passed. And then Bill passed away on March 1st of 2014. Um, he was 73, and oh, he wow. he passed it due to um, prostate cancer. Oh. He spent the last couple years of his life on, on a property that he purchased in Maine, which overlooked Katahdin. Nice. Which I just think was really That's sweet. cool. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. that is the story of Bill and Orion. That's incredible. Yeah. I think we're not going to do another segment this time just because yeah. it was so long. Um, but there's always time for our arbitrary dog rating. So. Absolutely. What do you give Orient? Oh man, uh, I want to give him like a compass or something. Aww. I know that would really be much of a use, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but just uh, his name and he was a good compass all on his own. He was but a good compass. It's a nice little symbol. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to. So okay, so like. Buffy has a super cute hiking hat, and I want what? Orient. Yeah, Buffy I would has give a hat. Yes, I have shown no, you that you picture, have not my friend. Shown you this hat. Yes, I have. No, you haven't. I'll post it on Instagram, okay, you guys. Thank you. And then Hannah won't have an excuse either. Uh, but yeah, I would hat. give Orient a hiking hat. <laughs> so cute. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Um. Remember to check us out on Instagram. Look for Buffy's little hiking hat picture. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Puppy Dog Tales Pod. Um, remember that your dog does not have to have led you through the whole of the Appalachian Trail <laughs> um, for their story to be remarkable. Absolutely um, not. So you can email us your story about your dog at Puppy Dog Tales Pod at gmail.com. All right, and until next time, keep calm and wag on.